When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. That's kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have Scott McKay, who is one of my oldest friends in the dating coach community. And I've, I've just learned on this show that dating coach is soon going to be a term of the past. But on this show, he is sharing with us how to make women laugh. We're going to talk about laughing and wit and humor and not necessarily being a clown like most guys think. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Woman podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinris. Of course, we're like blood sisters now at this point. And <laughs> we have a voice of man on the show this week. We've been having a lot of women, I think, lately. We've talked yeah. a lot of women, right? So we're I, think, no, back- I think we have a good balance of it. But yeah, the last few weeks have been women. Yeah. So we're getting back to the testosterone side. And so we have Scott McKay, who's the founder of X and Y Communications and a dating coach slash expert slash all those things. Uh, so thanks for stopping by, Scott. Hey, I hope my T levels are up to the challenge. <laughs> I As know do mine, we. Mine are. Mine <laughs> are. So don't worry about that. Yes, exactly. Totally <laughs> good. Uh, so it's really funny. I actually just finished doing Scott's podcast, and then we raced on to do this podcast. And even though Scott's going to be on the show, or Scott is on the show to talk about how to make women laugh, I wanted to bring a little bit of his podcast to our podcast, because we were talking about a very interesting topic of modern dating, of people being on apps, and of women not giving a lot of information to men on these dating apps so that men can approach them online. So for example, women who have two pictures up and maybe like a couple of sentences about themselves. Again, not giving men much to work with. And so I wanted to ask you, Kristen, Mm -hmm. why do you think that women are doing this? And have you ever been guilty of doing this yourself? Well, I'm on dating apps only. And so I think on dating apps, you're going to have a lot less information. So that's not even in my wheelhouse in terms of what I do like for as a woman. I think, to be honest with you, less is more. And they are giving you something to work with. You're, even though it might be minimal, 
you have to look at every little tiny detail. And actually, that's what I do a lot with the dudes that work with me is I almost do this like word association exercise where if a girl has in her profile that she's a journalist, I have them write down every single thing that they know about journalism. They may not know a lot, but you know a little bit about something. So in in all of those words that you write up about journalism that leads you to oh, I could actually bring up this or I could bring up that or I could ask this question. So there's actually a lot more when there's minimal information. It just takes a little bit more work. But I don't think if women aren't putting a single line in their bio, I think those aren't quality women. I think they're liking you to work hard and they're not giving you anything to work with. So in that that, case... Is that that foreshadowing for the rest of your relationship with them? (laughs) Yes, it really is. It's like, she's not going to be cooking. She's not going to be... Um, tying your shoes, which obviously she doesn't really need to do either. However, I do I think it's a reflection. Tying your shoes for you. <laughs> <Right>. If, <laughs> I, if she doesn't tie my you. shoes for me, you know, obviously I'm beyond dating, you know, my dating peak age already. Well, the All thing right, is, exactly. if, you're, if, if you're dating younger women and you're older, you might not be able to bend down to tie your own shoe. Right. So, so in go. that case, you do Socks want to get harder to, to put shoes. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to hear your take on it. So it's interesting that you're saying if she has nothing up there, then like it's not worth your time and go talk to somebody else who puts a little bit more effort in and is on the same but if, page. But if she doesn't have anything there, but if she doesn't yeah. have anything there and you are still convinced that you really want to talk to her because you think you find her incredibly attractive, at that point that's when I bring out the teasing or a little bit of like ball busting and calling her out on not having yeah. anything in her profile. Yeah, actually, Scott, well, that's I just what realized. I said on my show is that's how I met my yeah. wife. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. That's Scott, awesome. you should actually have Christian on. She wrote a program for me that's all about bantering, but she has now become an expert after doing six or seven years of this show in helping guys with their online profiles, but mainly with with banter and with texting. Oh, sorry, bantering over text, which I think is awesome. But I want to get to the topic that's Well, my goodness, came. how long oh, have I been know? wandering around lost not knowing she could even be a guest on my show? Let's make this happen. <laughs> right, the that's true. Well, I'll connect you one. afterwards. Um, yeah. But so I want so I want to talk to you because you I asked you what topic you wanted to talk about um on the show, and you said making a woman laugh, which I think is a great topic because Kristen is no longer funny. So she's not teaching guys how to make women laugh anymore. So I'm glad that you could give us a refresher course. So how do we make women laugh? All right. Well, if you're going to let me just riff on this without any structure, batten down the hatches because I got an awful lot. I know. I'm ready for you to preach. Let's go. Okay. First of all, I think guys completely misunderstand what is really going on when we talk about the importance of making a woman laugh. Guys think, first of all, they have to be some kind of unbelievable comedian. They've watched way too many episodes of Californication and think that they've got to be like as quick on their feet as Hank Moody or they're going to crash and burn. First thing I'm going to say is, look, if you can be funny the right way, not just funny in a generic sense, but funny in a witty, ironic sense that demonstrates to women all the right things about your masculinity, that you know how to have things handled, that you're quick on your feet, that you can deal with a crisis situation, that you're not phased by things that come up, that you have a plan, that you're this strong masculine guy. That's what's so damn attractive about being funny. And it is a superpower but it's also hard to do. But 
If you devote yourself to it like you would any other high-end skill like driving a race car or playing basketball or playing guitar or learning a language, it is something you can learn how to do. Um, One of the things I really did about 10 years ago to learn how to be quicker and wittier on my feet was to listen to Laugh USA on, um, on Sirius XM because you just get inundated with how humor works. Um, there's some books on the subject, obviously, but by listening to timing and listening to what makes a joke funny and what makes something that's said elicit this laugh out of people, it's really kind of a magical thing. A couple things I heard on Laugh USA recently that just really, to me, are not only relevant to the story of men and women and dating and relating, but that just made me laugh was one of them was Mitch Hedberg. And he goes, I don't have a girlfriend. I have a girl who would get really, really mad if she heard me say that. (laughs) And that's funny because, you know, you're hearing, I don't have a girlfriend and you're letting that stand alone in your mind. But when he says, I have a girl who would be really mad if she heard me say that, that twists the meaning of what he says and casts a whole new light on it. And that theater of the unexpected, as I call it, is funny. It's what causes people to erupt in laughter. Uh, Another guy, I don't remember the name of the comedian. Maybe you can help out, Kristen, if you've heard this bit. Boy, was he funny. He was talking about online dating. And he said, well, I went out with this gal the other day, and I'm getting sick of women trying to misrepresent themselves. So this woman had glasses on, and we got to talking about her glasses. And she goes, oh, well, these aren't actually real glasses. I just wear them because they make me look more smarter. And the guy said, well, I think you need a stronger prescription. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, Emily and I just busted out laughing in the car because it's a meta-level joke, kind of in the tradition of Buck Henry, who you know wrote the Get Smart series with Mel Brooks and wrote hilarious movies back in the 70s and even hosted Saturday Night Live. It's in the tradition of meta-level jokes where the more you think about it, the funnier it gets. You know, because he's on he's on the date with this woman, and yeah, okay, the joke about the glasses is funny, but when you think about the situation and how she walked right into it, and they're supposed to be attracting each other, and how that was so contrary, it makes you laugh even more. Yeah. So that witty banter is funny with women, but I think the theater of the unexpected, the irony, is what shows women that you know you're quick, you have a plan. You can handle situations. You are capable. It's a capable humor. See, if you're just kind of a clown and you're doing goofy things, like as funny as Chris Farley was, I'm not sure women are looking at Chris Farley. I'm not even at the physical level, but at the just the humor level thinking, okay, I'm hot for that guy. Well, I, because, I, I talked to a guy recently, actually, who was interested in doing some banter sessions. and. He yeah. was trying to prove to me that he was funny right off the get-go. And so he said, "Wow." he said, I was in class because he's, he's in college. He was young. So I somewhat forgave his lack of ability to be funny. But he didn't really understand what is funny. So he said, I was in class yeah. the other day and something, I can't remember exactly what the context was, but he said, so I just yelled out, I got condoms. And, and he thought that was really funny. <laughs> And I tried to explain to him that... I mean, in, in sixth that, grade, that's funny. Right. And I, I, not even. I said, you have to have some yeah, sort of even. twist or, you know, like 
layer to it that you're not just, just because you shout out, I have condoms doesn't mean there's anything funny about that. It's just, you were acting goofy and you said something zany in front of everybody, but that doesn't qualify. Well, you gave him, you gave him what he needed. You said, there's got to be a twist. He goes, well, we can blow him up. You could, he could have said, we can blow him up and make animals. Right. Exactly. Them. You needed like to add a layer to it. Yeah. And yeah. so it's not just in the, the fact that you had said the Chris Farley thing. I don't, you know, I'm not critiquing Chris Farley at all, but that made me think about this, this kid and how he just was like, I'm just going to be weird and loud and that's going to be funny. Most likely it's just going to be annoying and girls will yeah. roll their eyes yeah. at you. So. Yeah. And you bring up another wonderful point that I was actually going to make. So great segue. <laughs> Perfect. The difference, have you ever seen a person who's trying to be funny and no one's laughing at their jokes and they're actually withholding laughter from them on purpose, trying not to laugh? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, other people freely crack jokes in, you know, fully hoping people are going to laugh and people just laugh uproariously. Well, what's the difference between those two people? Well, the first unfortunate soul is needing a response. They're needy. They need someone to laugh at them. They need approval. They're trying to impress people. They're trying to look good. They're trying to lift themselves. And that's going to get the same result as it would if you did any other form of neediness or clinginess or trying to impress others or any kind of approval seeking. It's going to make people withhold what you're trying to get from them from you. Whereas really effective comedians are transparent in that they're just happy to make other people laugh. They want you to be lifted up. They want you to be happier. And what I talk about with guys is you know, not only cultivating the skill, but what I, of, of being funny, you know, in the witty, I guess you would say ironic way, you know, and again, that's a learned skill, guys. Don't expect to wake up tomorrow morning and be so quick on your feet. But there is a time when, it, when the light bulb comes on, I promise. But just the simple act of not being so wadded up because you're talking to a woman and trying not to lose or trying not to mess up and doing and exercising what I call warm levity, you know, be warm. Instead of being so cold and frozen, you know, be a little bit more laid back. Smile a little bit more than you've been told by the old school pickup artist guys. And keep the damn conversation light. Don't say to a woman, hey, what do you think about abortion? Or what's your view on Donald Trump? Or, you know, what about this death and dying that happened, you know, in another city? I in think another death and dying is pretty light. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would find that really funny, actually, and interesting. Like, okay, I'll well, tell you. You put a funny spin on it. Like, wow, what about all those uh, dead people? Right. Man, that's rough. You know, like... Maybe yeah. on a first... <laughs> you know, like... I couldn't help but think of Rodney, Dan- Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack. You know, he's like 70 years old in the movie, and he walks into like the 19th hole or whatever at the golf course at Bushwood. He's like, look at all these dead people walking. Right. My God. Right. Why would I like stuff like here? that. You can always you know? make things funny, but, yeah. but in general, you don't... <laughs> Maybe not on right, the first Right, but don't date. approach it as... As a serious, so what's your stance on abortion? You know, you could say, you know, Ugh, a bo- no, But I'm a just bobo, picturing sitting across are... the table from you. I just find that so funny, but that's because I know you and there's context. But if I didn't know you, right. then yeah, I'd find that to be a creepy question. It wouldn't be a rookie question to ask if you don't really know your way around right, the humor. Exactly. Yeah. Merry go round. That's, right. <laughs> exactly. that's humor 401 versus 101. Yeah. Right. But I mean, exactly. just the simple act of being light and warm is going to help a woman feel more comfortable. And what happens when women feel comfortable is they start they having take their fun. Pants off. Well, <laughs> but, you know, you're getting ahead of me. Oh no, that's just, that's, step, that's step one for me, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
You already, this is, this you is already Californians. We're a little more genteel than Texas. Right, that's true. But it me? is interesting. So I've so I've so I've heard a couple of things from both of you. So I love I love all the theory behind yeah. what Scott's saying. Um and I love that you gave an actual example of how people can start to see patterns and see the flow of jokes and hear what's funny and not so funny and find out for themselves what they find entertaining. So I think that's a good exercise for somebody if they're like, oh, I'm a little bit dry, a little bit stiff, for them to go and listen to I forget what, what you said on Sirius XM. What was it called? Laugh USA. Channel ninety eight. 150, yeah. Yeah. Go to a comedy club. Like I'm in Los Angeles. There's a million comedy clubs. Every every city pretty much has a comedy club. But if you don't have access to that, then listen to some comedy podcasts or uh, you can watch on Netflix. They have a whole bunch of comedy specials that are on every single and you day. Can and test new your, one you can up. test yourself too. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned you just, a comedy club. Open mic night. Do it. I mean, I promise you, unless you're in Los Angeles, okay, all bets are off for in Los right. Angeles or New York, because there's probably a lot of starving artists there. But if you're in San Antonio or Wichita, Kansas or Helsinki, Finland, go to open mic night and you'll be shocked at how unfunny the rest of these guys are who are trying. It'll be easy, right. man. You just have to go first instead of last, because otherwise the audience will be surly because they haven't laughed. <laughs> but you yeah. know, you can actually check out and see how how you're doing with this. It takes yeah, balls. which is wonderful. So, like, I love that yeah. we're giving the actionable advice as well. And so, Kristen had also yeah. made a point made made a really good point of the of a challenge and a little game that she plays with the people that she works with, where it's seeing something and then making associations. And I have people that I work with do this all the time as well. Just to figure out what is in their brain and get it out of their mouth. And so I'll give the same advice that I'm sure Kristen would give. A way to do this is to go get a deck of those cue cards that little kids have that have pictures on them or letters or whatever it is. Go buy some buy a deck of them at the dollar store. Come home I think and they're go called tarot cards. one. No, not tarot cards. Like little, like those things. <laughs> Fine, even a tarot card. No, that actually wouldn't work as well. But whatever it is, just something you can look at visually yeah. and be put on the spot. And then for the next five minutes, just start spitting out different associations. As, as you start to talk, you'll, you'll see like different ways that you could go with just one simple image or word that's being presented at you. So it's just like a quick and easy way to start practicing your own wit. And then as Scott was saying, once you start learning all these things, start using it and testing it out and seeing how people respond. Because I think that for most people, the reason that they're not funny is because they're afraid to be unfunny. So they hold back on anything that they want to say. So the first step is just getting a little bit of that out. And if you fall flat, you fall flat. And if you happen to make people laugh, then that's a wonderful benefit and you'll keep going. And then you can tweak and rework it and learn more and absorb more. And then you'll slowly finesse the skill. Well, also something that I want to add to that idea of like the word association things is it's so important to have opinions on things and have a perspective. So that way you can make a statement in along with your joke. It's an opinion thing. It's not necessarily an exercise, but I, well, the exercise that I do do in terms of opinions is I, you know, say, I kind of list off things that get people willing to be open and honest because part of being funny is being honest and being real and speaking from your gut and going with your gut reaction. That's why people love comedians because they're saying what everyone's thinking. And so a lot of the guys I find are too afraid to say what they're thinking. So when we get on the phone, I basically say, 
What's your opinion on on vegans? Tell me like your guttural response. Are they annoying? Do you like them? Do you appreciate them? Do you find them obnoxious? Just give me your true opinion. No one's going to hear this except me and you. And basically I say, I want you to get comfortable with having big opinions on things because a lot of comedy is based on opinions. So, you know, if you're like, oh, well, I don't really care about vegans, you're not going to really have anything funny to say. I love that. About, you know, or not care about vegans. But if you are like, I don't really have an opinion, then it's like, okay, there's nowhere to really go. So you have to have a point of view and a perspective and be willing to say it. And I think we're in a society where everyone's taught to be so polite and to not be honest and not to offend and to be politically correct. And so I basically try to get people to take away that barrier of that politeness of not wanting to hurt people's feelings and just commit and own whatever they believe in or feel towards something. Well, those okay. people which haven't I, been hanging out on Twitter lately. No, I know. I know. That's the sure thing. Closed doors, right. they have lots of opinions. That's the whole thing. But she's right. talking about when it, you're coming face-to-face or ear-to-ear with somebody to express your feelings. Well, so so how do you help these guys with... like? So let's say they have like really extreme feelings about vegans. Like they hate them. They think they should die. Like how do you... Okay, that's right. There's the humorous part. They want vegans to die, but not animals. So it's like a little bit, there's <laughs> hypocrisy. Right. So it's like in that opinion, it's, so you look for inconsistencies in things to be funny or to make jokes, makes observation, make observations. See what I mean? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, oh my like God. You should, you should be giving comedy lessons too. I, 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 well, I kind of am. That's what I'm doing a little bit. It's like we focus a lot on that and then move into the conversation side of things. But I try to get that like foundation going first because unless they have that down, they're not going to really, you know, because basically I think wit yeah. comes from correlations between two things. So, for example, um, you know, if someone's, someone says in their online dating profile, I like to read at the gym, you associate that with, okay, reading, what is reading associated with? The library. So you could say something like, well, do you run on the treadmill at the library? Right. And not that it's like that funny, but there's wit there, you know? So it's basically making an association yeah. and kind of turning it on its head. And that's, I think... You mean like taking the word vegan and realizing it's Chevy Vega with an N on the end and how cheesy that is. Well, exactly. Is. It's kind of like <laughs> making associations and then... So you observe, you make the association, you observe it and you share it. And, you know, usually a twist comes in there somehow, so... Right. Fine. Man, if you want to be funny... Always be, well, let's put it this way. Form the habit in your mind that a mental trigger is going to go off every time you find a way to twist the meaning of anything. Everything's got to be twisted, turned around, flipped around inside your head until something different occurs to you and then you run with it. And what you realize after you establish that habit is it starts happening faster and faster and you're quicker and quicker and wittier and wittier. Exactly. It's kind of a muscle Condoms. that you just really need to work out. Right. <laughs> Marnie, you're so funny. Well, let me give you an example. I had a guy that was teaching out in field, right? And we went into a Whole Foods store and this gal is handing out samples of salad with salad dressing on them. And I live in San Antonio, Texas, which is near the Mexican border, relatively speaking. So I walked up to her with the guy and I said, what do you have there? And she holds up a little ramekin of salad and goes, soy ginger. And I said, plus buenos dias, Ginger, soy Scott. <laughs> and she just bust out laughing. Now, you have to know Spanish, but oh, yo, soy oh, yeah. means I, I am. am. And right. Ginger, of being a female's name, when she said soy Ginger, I introduced myself as Scott in Spanish. But I did it 
in very poor ranchito Spanish. You don't say soy Scott, you say me llamo Scott. So it just sounds like someone who doesn't know grammar very well being a hillbilly and talking Spanish. So it has that meta level to it, but it just kind of fell out of my mouth. Right. Because I've been doing this for years. And then we walk into another corner of the same store, same store, and a lady's handing out chicken samples, you know, like this chicken out of a bag that's ready to eat, you know, once you cook it. She goes, and it doesn't have any anti- antibiotics. And I said, oh, good, because I want to stay infected. Now, that's funny. But- right. That's <laughs> awesome. And she, started, she looks so, at me for a second and starts so laughing. So to break that down, you associated with antibiotics, you know, she said no antibiotics. You associated that with... Yeah, not the chicken, but for me. For, with medicine. And then you associated right. that with being sick. So it's like, and then you added the twist of wanting to stay sick. So it's like, it's almost like a le- like your brain works in very quick levels to get to where you're going. And so um, it can become habitual. It can become habitual if you do it a lot and you practice a lot. But I think yeah. some people... Yeah, well, let me... Ask- oh, go for it. Go oh, for sorry, it. go on. I was no, going to say, how, okay, so how do you avoid becoming cheesy with your jokes? Because, or is it just different audiences appreciate different things? Like, uh, I talk to guys all the time who just spit out, like, cheesy jokes and then laugh at themselves. <laughs> and yes, they're enjoying it, but I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Is that just because I'm so funny that I don't find them funny? Or <laughs> no, they're funny. is it? Appreciated by other people. <laughs> right, maybe. I mean, I have a high-level wit, so I understand. But like, no, but is there really cheesy humor or how do you avoid cheesy humor? Well, first of all, don't become a dad because automatically all your jokes are dad jokes. That was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> there, there, is a, there is the risk of cheesy jokes. And I think you're going to start out with cheesy jokes because it's like a almost beginner level thing. So. Right. I don't I think you have to go through the phase of saying a few cheesy things in order to get to the next phase but I will I do say like in um in terms of wordplay wordplay can be very cheesy like the no pun intended kind of thing so yes if you're beginning out uh trying to be witty or practice being funny I think avoiding wordplay is a, is a smart move just so that you don't come across as super cheesy it's like that's what my my dad is really funny but then he has his moments where it's just wordplay, where he'll say, where's the state fair? Or where's, where's the New York state fair this year? <laughs> and then I'll say, where? And he'll, in the courtroom. He'll, and he'll, Depends on the judge. Well, he'll say, yeah, that's actually, that's funnier. But he'll say, <laughs> he'll say, New Jersey, because it's not New York. And I'm like, dad, that's really cheesy. And you're just like playing, you're just changing the word. It's not funny at all. So, right. um, so I think, think you're going to have to go through those to work to the other side. Well, I mean, let's define cheesy. Cheesy would be a groaner, right? It's not funny. It's just dumb is what you mean by cheesy. Is it just obvious? Is that what it is? Um, Sometimes obvious. I would would argue that some people love cheesy guys. You know, you may find your soulmate that way. Yeah. But usually not, you know. Well, I will say, so my my neighbor who lives down the street, she's... um, She's the one that was having the girls' night with recently. And oh, I actually, you weren't here. I was talking to Marissa about that. Um, but anyway, she is in her mid 40s. Her husband in, is in his mid 60s. She met him when she was 24 years old and he was 47 years old. Anyway, I'm just trying to say that there's a big difference in age. And I find him to be the cheesiest joke maker in the entire world, but she just swoons in it. Like, 
I've rolled my eyes at him probably eight times where I'm like, oh God, here's another one. And obviously I have a smile on my face while he's doing it because he's super cute and he's trying really hard. But she's just like, oh, you're so So you're right. Like some some women just really, they just have a different level of humor as well. So she she seems to love it. Whereas I'm like, Yeah, I think you'll, you'll be able to d- detect cheese. You have like a nose for cheese more than she does. <laughs> Right. And hey, some cheese smells better right, than others. Some's rotten. That's true. He's blue cheese. He just basically smells the Limburger. Really intense. Hi, my name's Gary Limburger. Glad to meet Mar- you. Well, that's a cheesy yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> but Marnie, yeah. you just, I mean, um, you just said Marnie though something about him trying really hard, and I think that comes through too. So if you're kind of like cool, yeah. not trying hard, and you say something cheesy, it's still okay. It's acceptable, but it's that trying hard and like looking at people for a response and waiting or laughing at your own joke, you know. There's a there's a charm that can pull off cheesy jokes and that does not involve trying too hard. You know, so don't try too yeah. hard. Oh, actually, so one other thing that I want to point out, I can also tell when somebody has said the joke 20 times before and he's right. just saying it to you thinking it's so yeah. funny. That is when it comes across as cheesy as well. Where I, and that may be because my father does this, where I've heard the same joke, I think, for the past 30 years, where I'm like, oh God, stop saying that. And I want to go crazy. But when I, like, I find that when other people do that too, where I'm like, I know you've said this a million times and it's worked in certain scenarios. Maybe 10 years ago it worked. It's not working I would call them anymore. out and see if they respond in a way that is witty to that because they're not expecting you to say that. So if they can be quick on their feet and respond to that, then... Then, then they're, they're funny. funny. And you're like, okay, I'll let that one slide. Unless they've been right. called out 10 or 15 times and they have a standard answer right, for that. Right, and then I break their hearts. <laughs> oh my God, I'd rather smile and laugh. Yeah, but no, you're right. <laughs> if they have stock lines ready to go. And I've actually, with some guys, they're like, well, what do I say to this? What do I say to that? And I say the worst thing that you can have is stock lines prepared, ready to go because they're going to see it instantly. So you need to have the foundation right. in place to where you don't need stock lines because you can come up with them on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But sometimes it's good to have stock lines in your back pocket just totally. in case you get totally. frazzled. Because like, if you don't have anything, yeah. But don't have like a million of them that you just keep whipping out over and over right. again. Like, like if, have two like you, for broad scenarios. Right. So if you, you know, approach girls on the street and they say, oh, I have a boyfriend, you could say something like, do you want two? You know, just having like a stock line right. like that, <laughs> easy, ready to go. But in terms of, you know, like, here's this joke and it's like, the chicken crossed the street and why did he cross the street? Like those types of elaborate things don't have those stock ready to go, but have those little quick one-liners and comics do that. So, you know, if they're on stage and a waitress drops a glass, a lot of comics have stock lines ready to go for certain scenarios. So just in case they don't think of anything, they're not going to lose the audience because they called it out. So, Awesome. What's, what are your stock lines? What, what do you say when people drop? Uh, something while you're on stage. I, well, I don't have any stock lines at this point, but what just came to my head would say, I would say something like, oh, I didn't know I was still waitressing or something like that because I'm really bad at waitressing. But that's just what came into my mind. So I haven't been on stage in so long that I don't have any ready to go. But if I were to get back on stage, I would maybe think about one or two here or there. But I think I'm pretty decent on my feet that I don't worry about it too much. But it is still smart yeah, you to are. have. Well, I got yeah. nightmares about my days waiting tables just hearing you recount the story. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> All right, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna be back with Scott McKay and we're gonna answer some questions from our listeners. So stay with us. 
Hey you, this is Marnie, and thanks for listening to the Ask Women podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think of us. And also, give us five stars, just because. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are back with Scott McKay. And I have a question here from Nick. And uh, Kristen, you work with Nick, so... Pay close attention. Uh, I'm a current student of the Wing Girl Method and recent graduate of Kristen's banter classes. Ooh. I'm a 37 year old single dad. Oh, I know. Nick. I got out of, out of a He's five- in Canada. Yeah, I got out of. Oh, even better. I like him even more. I got out of a five-year relationship the last year or so, and we have remained great friends and awesome co-parents since we have a four-year-old together. I often go to her place to visit with her with our daughter while she goes out with her new boyfriend or her friends. Lately, she's been spending time with a friend of hers that she didn't see very often over the years, but is reconnecting now that she has more free time. The friend is a beautiful girl who I've always found attractive. She's six years younger, 31, and into the same music as I am. After they spend their night out, they would come back to my ex's place where I where I am, and her and I would chat, play guitar, and get to know each other. We ended up exchanging numbers on a friendly basis, and she is texting me saying that she likes watching me play, that I inspire her to play more, and that she loves my sense of humor. Wow. When she said this, I instantly started falling for her. We would text on and off with a bit of teasing, but not long enough to build any rapport. She asked my ex if it was okay if she could ask me to help her move. She said yes, and I did, which got me to hang out with her a bit without my ex around. A few days after, I asked my ex how she felt about her friend and I getting to know each other more and seeing where it goes. And she said she was okay with it if she felt the same way. She just got out of a toxic relationship and with us being connected through my ex as we are, I don't know how to move forward with this and let her know I'm interested. I like and comment on the odd posts and I've been inviting her out to my shows and hinting that I'll be playing some of my favorite songs, but I don't know if I should just text her to ask her to hang out or just wait until the next time I see her and build a connection gradually. So how can I get this girl to take an interest? Nick. I mean, it sounds like she's already taking an interest. That was my first thought. Yeah. I'm like, it's just ask her out. That sounds very I think simple. He's my second thought was since when is helping a woman move some kind of privilege that needs to be cleared in advance? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, wait, I, Kristen, what, what did you say? Oh, I was just going to, oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh, what I think he's asking I, is, how do I do this without pissing off my ex is really, I think, his question. Well, he's already covered that because he talked to his ex about it and said, is it okay? Oh, oh, and she said, yes. And she said, yeah, so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, both bases. Like she's asked the ex, he's asked the ex, and the ex has given the blessing as long as she feels the same way. So I don't think there's any barriers in place. I mean, he's inviting her to things. She's inviting him to things. It's just coming down to somebody finally saying something. Yeah. Right? That's what I'm hearing from the question. I think he just wrote in because he wanted to say he's got a great sense of humor. And then I could say he got it from me. (laughs) With my banter program. <laughs> right. Thank you, Nick, for writing Well, there's in. something right. else that may be useful here. And that's, I think a lot of times, men in particular have been led to believe that what women always say isn't what they really mean. You know, like even right. in consent talks that are given to college students, hey, sometimes a woman may say yes, but it's not really yes, and it's still your fault. 
Right. I, I'm, I've always been an advocate of treating women like full-scale human beings with, uh, you know, sentient minds. and I know, I'm a horrible <laughs> person. I know, right? And um, But this is, like, this is also parenting advice. Talk to your kids as if they're real human beings. And it's the same thing for oh, women. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. But I mean, I think a lot of times it's like, okay, is this a trap? I mean, these two women talked. She's cool with her asking me to help her move. I mean, I don't know if I'd be cool with that. I mean, I think I'd be the one who wanted to be asked. But they've talked this out and they're all cool with it. I think even if it ends up not having been trustworthy, they said yes to this. They gave their opinion. You take them at face value. It's like when you talk to a woman about not being exclusive and we're dating other people and she says, okay, that's what I want too. And she and you take her at face value. You can't come back later and go. She can't come back later and go. Oh my God, you're dating someone else. You're this horrible, evil guy. Because right. it's like, wait a minute, we agreed right. to this. You said so, and now you're saying it wasn't. Like on a first date, a woman says, "All right, do you want to get married and have babies within a year? Within a year to me?" And the guy goes, "No." And then he's been upfront about it. I don't ever want to get married. I don't ever want to have any children in this godforsaken world, et cetera, et cetera. And then nine months later, she's writing to one of us going, this horrible asshole won't marry me and says he never wants to have kids. You know, what's wrong with this man? Nothing's wrong with him. He's always been honest. Right. But it's about people not wanting to hear what's being said because they're nervous and scared, which is what I think is going on with Nick. He's afraid to rock the boat. He's got a great scenario with his mm-hmm. ex-wife where he sees his daughter and he gets to go over and baby. Like, I just I just think that there's that fear there because he's like, oh God, what if she gets upset about this? What if she breaks up with her boyfriend and she gets... So I, I understand that fear fear being placed. And I think that for right now, Nick is doing the right thing. He's asking her opinion on it. Um, and he can continue to check in with his ex because I think that that's where the concern is, where he can say, are you okay with this? Blah, blah, blah. But at a certain point, she's your ex. You don't really have to keep checking in with her. Yeah. Um, unless, so you're I, all right, I, unless you're involved with her again, like he is. Right. And I mean, not right. involved in a sexual sense, but he's still in her life. So yeah, but he doesn't feelings. have to check in continuously. Okay, now I want to make her my girlfriend. Now I want to make her this. I think, like, once you go on the date, I think you, you know, update the ex and just say, I had a really great time with her. Like, please, I just want to double check again that you're okay with this because my relationship with you and our child are my number one priority. And if us doing anything is going to rock the boat, like, tell me now. Well, I think I, it's a I, fair I, point you make, too, that there's three and a half billion other women in this world. I mean, why do people... Right. Or are they so inbred with their with their dating and relationships? I mean, if I hear about another guy who slept with his brother's wife, you know, I'm just going to start throwing things. I mean, it's like there's a well, lot of other well, women out there. Well, because they're there. That's who you're interacting with so often. You have right. kids. You understand. Yeah. Like, you don't have a broad world at, at a certain point in time. I mean, you have... There's a, a, a cheesy pun in that line somewhere. Right, yes. That's, I just got <laughs> yeah. to the pun. World of broad. Yeah. What was it? That We just defined world cheesy right there before our very you, eyes. You said yeah. not, you don't have a broad world, but I said you have a world of broads, like women. Now, if you have a cheesy broad, you may want to see a gynecologist. Oh, God. <laughs> I've opened up. It's like we're... we're see, now we're, 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 we're defining we're like cheesy dad jokes right, right here before yeah. your very eyes. Yeah. And well, yes, and it's irritating <laughs> me the exact same way that it does with my... And I'm just... <laughs> well, that <laughs> was good. Uh, no, you're, you're doing it. You're doing yeah. it. I love it. And you're entertaining each other. That's the important part. <laughs> <laughs> the healthy right, audience. We're entertaining question. each other. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's okay. To wrap up for Nick, ask her out. 
You know, you're all, you've you've already got interest there. There's already verbal interest from both sides. She's saying yes to going to places. You're going and helping her move. Like it's there. Make it happen. Just ask her out. But then I would say after the first date, if it goes well, do one more. Yeah, and with I the think ex. you. It's all about momentum. So if things are going right now like forward, and she's in, you know, seems interested, you jump on that. You don't let that fizzle out and go, and then go. Oh, I should have asked her out before, and now I'm going to do it. But now it's kind of fizzled. So you just want to tap in when you when you're feeling it's at its high point. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, there's another Next cheesy question. joke in that line too. I'm not saying it. You oh, can. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Uh, I'm I'm on to something else. Okay. Hi, Marnie, Kristen, and guest. I'm a 48-year-old who's recently separated, but due to living in a high-rent area with no rentals available, still live under the same roof, but living separate lives. I have a lady friend who works at my company, but we don't work in the same location or department. I've known her for about 14 years, and we used to speak almost daily over that time, and our talks over IM and text started getting funny and flirty and then started turning fairly sexual. In my subjective reality, she was telling me that she wanted more, but nothing happened because I was married at the time and had been talking about leaving my wife for almost two years. I've been separated now since uh, September 2018 and had gone through the mourning period of the separation. Once my friend had realized, I didn't tell her because it's something I didn't want her uh, didn't want her thinking that she was the cause of, she shut down all of the playful banter and flirty nature of our conversations and went completely cold. Even though just a week before she realized I was separated, she told me that she wouldn't come up because there wasn't enough room in my bed for her. Now, off and on, we will have periods of flirty banter, but no real sexual teasing. When I try that, she goes dark and stops communicating for a while. I've seen her at our office twice and her, oh, sorry, I've seen her at her office twice and her home once since the separation. She does all of the classic signs of disinterest when I'm talking with her, i.e. leaning back, arms crossed, no smile, short one-word answers to questions, but always keeps eye contact. And when a text comes in, she'll ignore it and she stops uh, working while I'm there. But when I get up to leave because it's not going anywhere, she leans in towards me, has that smile she knows I'm out for, is very engaging in conversation until I get the feeling that things are going well again, then back to her original posture. When I go to leave, She used to pop right up and give me a hug. But recently, I get an eye roll and a sigh before she gets up, but it's the same warm, tight hug, which seems to linger just a little longer now. I would love to start something with her. She ticks off most of the boxes on a list that I made at least three years before even meeting her. I can go on and on about the contradictory signs I'm getting from her, like her starting to talk about porn being great, especially when, well, never mind, followed by, I don't want you to think I'm leading you on. Does it sound like she's just playing with me or is it just me wishing for something that just isn't there? Should I make sure that I have my own place before trying to start anything with her or any other woman? Thanks, Dan. So let's answer that that last question first. Should I yes. make sure? Okay. Yes. Yes, I agree. And no woman in her right mind is going to believe anything that comes out of the mouth of a man who's still living with his wife. I'm, I agree. I, I mean, I, like, I understand circumstance. I totally understand circumstance. And I, I could see how I could get into a situation with somebody who was living with his ex. And I know many people who have. Um, for, for the woman still living with her ex and for a man still living with his And it ended up working out great in all of those situations, but it, it, I, mean, I think it's a, it's a tough thing to swallow. It's a low probability a venture to get a woman to swallow that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now let's get to the other meatier part of the question. Is this, is this girl trying to give him signs or is she, what's going on with her? 
But what does it sound like is going on with her? I'm going to be point blank. I think this is a short answer. I think she's been reading exactly the dating advice that teaches her how to get a man to obsess over you and never stop thinking about you constantly. And it's working like a charm. But she's not into him. But she's not That's into what him. I think. Mm, so then what does he do? No, I think she probably is into him. She just knows exactly how to make him obsess over her and not stop thinking about her. And now he's finally going to do what you said earlier. And he's going to have to man up and he's going to have to lead and he's going to have to say something or do something or he's not worthy. Okay, so what does he say? What does he do? Okay, well, first of all, if you're getting signs from a woman of attraction... They're going to be rather reliable, usually, because if a woman isn't interested and isn't attracted, she's going to go out of her way to make sure she's not leading you on. I mean, even guys, we understand this. If a woman who is just repulsive to us comes up and talks to us, we're going to turn off the masculinity. We're going to act like neuter humanoids. We're going to give her one-word answers, and we're going to be looking for an escape hatch as soon as we can while being cordial. Pure cordiality, friendliness in a box, nothing flirty, nothing sensual, certainly nothing sexual. Uh, We're not going to be putting pornographic movie ideas into her mind, for example, like this woman did with him, and then say, oh, never mind, you know, I don't want to lead you on. That's just called being flirty and doing the whole push-pull cat string thing that the pickup artists used to teach guys to do with women. So... I think it's generally trustworthy, unless she's broken or really screwed up in some way, that when a woman's giving you buying signals followed by, you know, breaking of rapport or whatever you want to call it, it's just meant to make you think more. It's meant to increase the intrigue, and she's doing it brilliantly. But he's going to have to ultimately cut through the BS and say, all right, look, you said this, you said that. It's on here. It's time for you to, you you and I to make plans and go spend some time together outside of work. Now, that brings up the whole, you know, pen in the company ink thing, but that's not the question he asked, so I'll leave it there. Right, right, right. But that also runs into the fact that he is living with his wife, so does he wait and hold off? Well, like, you know, I'm treating this like two separate situations, but... You make up a you make a brilliant point. He needs to figure out that part of the equation before he can get on to the next part, I think. Right. So I don't know if Marty was going to jump in. So No, I want to listen to what you guys have to say. I like it. Well, so does that mean then if he continues to have to hold off because of the living situation, then is he going to lose that? Like I was just saying, you you know, if there's momentum, you ask him out. So is it going to fizzle if it takes too long for him to get out of the living situation he's in now? Well, there may be a point where he has to man up and throw it on the table. He's like, okay, look, you and I are flirting. You and I should go out. Well, I think what this woman like, literally throw it on the table. Okay. Now I just <laughs> no, feel like I have to do things. Things. <laughs> I, I know. know. I can't help it now. Yeah. This show's begging to be put back on track with the humor. I could just say, I can just feel it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let me just say this. <laughs> Don't yeah. learn from this I think show. it's very simple. <laughs> Why, by Throwing it on the table, women, A, are attracted to guys who go after what they want and say what they mean and don't beat around the bush. Please don't say that was something cheesy. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going <sighs> to. Resist the urge. <laughs> See, you get it. It's, it's like when people start yawning. It's contagious. Yeah. I think cheesiness is contagious just like yawning. So you're already All knowing right. Scott, too. Like, oh, so yeah, he's got to say, look, the situation is my wife and I are separated or we're divorced, whatever it is. We still live under the same roof because of pure logistics. 
I know that's a tough pill to swallow, but you got you and I are flirting with each other like wildfire here, and something is up. There's chemistry. We got to act on it. So as long as you know what the situation is, and I've been clear with you about it, let's do this thing. Now he has that choice, or he can. If there's a more yeah. elegant way to get out of the situation, because now he knows he's serious about wanting to date other women's you know, women, chiefly this one, then you know make it happen. But if it's just not logistically feasible, he has no other choice but then to test the waters by throwing it all out on the table, point blank. Yeah, I, I, I there's no I other option. You can't lie to her. No, I agree. Well, she knows already. He's been talking to her about it. Like she, he knows right. where she well, lives. Sure. So there, you can't lie to her. It's already out in the out in the open. Yeah, but it's it's kind of the similar advice to what you just said to Nick. Like if if this girl is flirting, and to be honest, I'm not 100 percent sure, but like with a couple of the lines that she said to him, I am sensing that she's trying to put something out. There. Now, she brought some sexual stuff up that I don't think women really would do unless they're some kind of masochist if they weren't interested. Well, that's not true. I mean, I, 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 most most of the time when I'm into a guy, if I speak subtly about sexuality, I'm into him. If I'm free talking about sexuality, I'm not. Same. So, same, same, same. And, and that's for a lot of what women as well. Yeah, like, same. so, because I, I don't want to express myself in a certain way if he's not into something. And maybe when I was younger, I might make myself sound more sexual, but I, like, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't think her talking too sexual is a sign that she's 100% into him. It's the follow-up line of, oh, I don't want you to think I'm leading you on. That That's the line that sort of got me where I was like, oh, okay, she is trying to say something here because she's she, she's putting something out there and then trying to say, oh, I'm not that girl or I'm not trying to do this. And that that's a very, I, not flirtatious thing. It's a, I'm covering up what I really think about you in case you don't think that way about me. Would you, would you? I think when women bring up porn as a positive concept, it's never like them talking about the latest article in Cosmo with their, you know, with a woman who has a penis, like you're just a brother to me yeah, or their gay friend. But it depends on how they're doing it. Like it depends on how exactly into the conversation they are and how detailed. And if like, if they're just trying to express, yes, I'm sexual and I have sexual thoughts by a third party. Um, again, it depends on the context. So I don't fully know the context. It was that secondary line that got me. But my point was, is that we, sh- it's the same advice that we just gave to Nick, like strike while the iron is hot and, and go for it. And I love, what Scott said, like, step up, yeah, step up and just do something. Be bold about it. Be a little quirky and funny using humor when you ask her out, but just find out what all of this is about. And if she says, oh God, you totally misread me. I'm, I'm not flirting at all. Um, or, you know, I don't want to do anything while you're still living with your wife. You'll, you'll get a more solid answer that you can work with and understand um, so that you're not left so confused. Do you agree? <laughs> and on that note, where the hell do we take this show? Like We're all confused. There you go. There you go. I was, oh God, I was hoping to not end it in a cheesy way. Um, but <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, that was just bad. I know. That I know. wasn't cheesy. That Empty was just air, worse than <laughs> anything in the entire world to somebody who's trying to be funny. I know. Um, hey, would you two? Would you two oblige me yeah. before you end to make what I think was the most important point about making women laugh that has yet not been made? Yes. Yes. Okay. You don't have to be a comedian. You don't have to master the art of humor and making women laugh. Any guy who has ever seen a group of women on a girl's night out knows they're laughing uproariously. Not one of those women is a comedian, probably. What's the common denominator there? Why do women get together in groups of eight and 10 
on a Friday night with babysitters and they're finally free and they're having chocolate martinis and they're just like, because they're having fun. Yes. If you help a woman have fun, she's going to start laughing. Back in seventh grade, you would get up the gumption to talk to a girl and her friend and they both cover their mouths and look at each other and start giggling. They weren't making fun of you, man. They thought that was just incredible fun. It was just a joyous, amazing, hilariously entertaining situation that you were simply talking to them. Women laugh when they're having fun. When you have a woman in front of you who you're helping to have fun, you're helping her, you've succeeded at helping her feel safe and comfortable in your presence, and she's charmed, and she likes you, and that comes back full circle to what you said, Kristen, that's how you get a woman's pants off. Love it's it. all about helping her have fun. I love it. Humor is fun, but anything that isn't a bummer or dark or pesado, as they say in Spanish, if you're not acting like schlep rock with a cloud over your head and you're keeping it light and warm, fun is just around the corner. The laughs are just around the corner. And then you don't have to ever worry about being a comedian. But if you learn how to do this ironic, fun, witty humor, it is a superpower and it becomes an added bonus. Yeah. And actually you created a program all about this, about how to be charming. So it's not just, it's, it, it's not about just being fun. It's about using that fun for something else in a different way. Correct? Yeah. It's about making women want more of you and to like you. If a woman yeah. likes you and want, wants more of you. Hey, you know what I always say? A date with a woman is only two steps away. First of all, you have to acknowledge each other's masculinity and femininity. There has to be that little boy-girl spark there. And then she and you have to like each other. Hell, you would think that, uh, you know, both of you being actually available and not in a committed relationship with someone else would be the third leg of that stool. But I've been propositioned by so many people who are in relationships that apparently not. But I mean, in a perfect ethical world, there's three legs of that stool. But really, guys overthink this. You know, if she likes you and you like her, you're liking the interaction and she's a woman and you're a man, you're pretty much 90% of the way there, if not 100. Yeah. So that's what being charming is, purely. She likes you and wants more of you. How do you do that, right? Yeah. So that's why you created a program that I'm going to tell people how to get their hands on. You can go to winggirlmethod.com slash Scott. Charming. And Scott is with one T, not two T's. Winggirlmethod.com slash Scott Charming to check out his amazing program on how to be charming and charm the pants off of every single woman, not in a dirty, seedy way, but in (laughs) an awesome, authentic, high integrity, high humor way. Scott, thank you so much for for coming on to our show and doing two hours with... By the way, the name of the program, we didn't mention the name of the program, is called Female Persuasion. I didn't know we were actually talking about the program itself. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Female Persuasion, an awesome program. Uh, Winggirlmethod.com slash Scott, one T, and charming. Not the word and, but just Scott, charming. And Kristen... I know that you are on a Xanax right now, but you honestly should take Xanax all the time because you <laughs> you deliver clear, succinct information when uh, you are all drugged up. So that was, yeah. I know, I guess so. It's flowed yeah, my brain a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah, flowed it in a good wonderful. Way. And if anybody wants to work with uh, Kristen, how do they work with you to do a banter session? Like Nick, did. well, first they have to mail me some Xanax, right? Then the next step is just to go to kristencarney.com slash dating help, and uh, all the options are there, or they can email me at kristencarneycomedy at gmail.com and I'll hit them back. Uh, you're gonna hit them back, 
<laughs> Literally with my fist. Your fist. Um, yes. And if anybody wants to send in questions for our show that we can answer on air and overanalyze to death, send them into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. New episodes of the Ask Women Podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. And I've also started posting on YouTube. So go to youtube.com slash Marnie Kinneris and you can listen slash watch our episodes there. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.